It's time for the Shea in Japan podcast. Alright, uh, hey everyone, it's Shay. Um, yeah, as you can see, the caffeine, no caffeine challenge is now complete. I am, I am completely finished with that. So, uh, I'm gonna give you my thoughts on how that went. So, uh, yeah. I, I've had two cups of coffee today. Uh, one at lunch, I had just a, a small little um, cup of American coffee. It wasn't really that uh, that great, but um, it, was, it was something. But at that time, I didn't really feel uh, much at all. No, no uh, rush or, or anything like that. So... That was uh, that was actually quite quite underwhelming. Um, but then after lunch, I went to Starbucks and I got a one of those really sugary, um, almost like a dessert type um, things, like a caramel macchiato, I think. And Starbucks for me has always been a little strong. Like I I like strong coffee, but for some reason I always get. A really big uh, caffeine buzz when I drink uh, Starbucks coffee, but this one still no extreme uh, feelings on on that. I wasn't um, so my first day back drinking coffee uh, was really underwhelming, really underwhelming. But I'm back. Um, I mean, it feels good. Uh, actually, I'm. I'm drinking coffee right now, but this is actually non-caffeinated coffee, so um, ironic, but uh, still taste alright. I think uh, in the morning I'm going to buy some uh, some coffee and start drinking again because I really, um, I, I mean, I like coffee, but I'm not, I'm not, um, not really addicted to it. I've come to find. So over the course of this last month, I've I've gone without drinking any coffee, uh, no soda, no no teas, even uh, just pretty much just water. And I've you know I've had alcohol, but uh, that doesn't count as caffeinated. But um, yeah, as I said in some previous videos, the first couple of days it was quite rough. Uh, I had the headaches, the fatigue, the normal caffeine withdrawal symptoms that uh, a lot of people get. But after the first few days were finished, like after three or four days, there was nothing. Uh, I, I just felt completely fine. And I was pretty much the exact same ever since then. Like there, there was nothing else that had changed. So uh, the experiment was actually quite mm, underwhelming, I guess. Um, uh, I, I, I've used that uh, 
I've used that quite a bit in this video already uh, that it seems underwhelming. It was. It was pretty underwhelming. I, I, but I don't know what I was going to expect. I thought it was going to be a lot more difficult than it was. I thought it was going to be way more difficult than it was. But luckily it wasn't. Um, and I think what's really good is I proved to myself that I could uh, go without something for a certain period of time. So for me, maybe I wasn't even addicted to the uh, I wasn't even addicted to the the caffeine it was just more the psychological aspect of it of, of drinking something every day and uh, for so long and so after the first few days of war off um, you know I was determined not to drink it I um, I didn't so to me that just proves that I can I can go without something that I really like if I really want to um, that uh, that willpower or in determination it, like if you set a goal you can definitely um, you can definitely definitely fulfill that or at least I can so I've uh, I've really en enjoyed the fact that I've proved to myself that I can do that so anything else that I um, regularly consume that perhaps I feel like I can't go without well I know that I can I know that I can and I've never really had an addictive uh, personality do you call it a personality I don't know I, I've never really been one to get addicted to, to things um, I've I don't really even care for alcohol too much I mean I like the occasional buzz that you get but I just don't really have the um, the the strive to to drink uh, a lot um, you know uh, there I went through periods when I you know as young where I played games a lot and I would play for a lot of hours but and I really 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 enjoyed it but you know now like I, I still play games occasionally but nah it's uh, I can I can go like weeks without playing a game and I'll be fine so really there's nothing for me that like I get really addicted to and Maybe that's good, mm. but so anyway, yeah. The the thoughts on this were that uh, overall, I'm glad that I went without drinking any caffeine for as long as I did. Uh, will I do it again? No, I mean not not as a set experiment. Um, I'll still drink coffee probably for the rest of my life. Um, I might not drink as much. Who knows? Uh, I, I'll drink it if it's available. That's it. And um, yeah, I, I really see no problem with caffeine or coffee. There's not, there's nothing that will prevent you from uh, being a productive person. Uh, in fact, it, I think it, it kind of helps uh, production and, um, and concentration. So chalk that one up for okay. Uh, if you guys who are watching think of anything any other challenges that I could do that I could go without or you want me to do on this channel please let me know in the chat because um, I like doing these sort of videos it's kind of cool to set like a little goal and then record your progress and see how you're doing on it um, yeah yeah so so dude hey sub wolf what's going on thanks for watching 
yeah so here in Japan drinking my non-caffeinated coffee on my first day of drinking actual coffee it's springtime in Japan it's the last day of March tomorrow is April 1st no joke uh, the cherry blossoms have not started to bloom yet in Utsunomiya a special kind have if you've seen my last uh, video uh, if you see my last video about the cherry blossoms those are called Kawazu Zakura which are a, a different type of uh, cherry blossom but from tomorrow I think all the regular cherry blossoms will start uh, blooming and in one week they'll be in full bloom here where I'm at but I think the uh, the YouTube Hanami is tomorrow so if you're going to that um, in at least the Tokyo YouTube Hanami is tomorrow so if you're going to that that is tomorrow I won't be there I have another um, another party that I'll be at uh, up here in Utsunomiya so uh, I think I'm the only one. Yeah, yeah, you're the only one. I, I This is actually my first uh, live stream that I'm uh, taking serious. I've tried to live stream before, but I've either forgot, you know, really didn't have anything to talk about at the time, or it was just an experiment. So um, hopefully I'll be doing this more. I kind of like it. So, Subwoof, what's going on? Where Whereabouts are you in the world? And if you have any questions or comments, please let me know. I'll just be uh, chilling out, waiting for you guys to respond and uh, talk about some stuff that's really been on my mind recently. I do enjoy a good cup of coffee. California, nice. Whereabouts in California? Yeah, I went to, my friends and I took a road trip to California about 10 years ago, uh, 2000 and summer of 2006, uh, we drove all the way from Texas to San Diego and spent some time in San Diego and Tijuana, drove to LA, drove to Las Vegas and then drove back to Texas in a 10 day trip, that was really fun. I'm going to Japan with my friends in July for one month. Cool. Uh, July is going to be really hot, but you're from Irvine, so I'm sure you're used to the heat of California. Um, but maybe the humidity will be quite high. So uh, I don't know how the, the I don't remember how the humidity was in SoCal when I went, but for my when I went to San Diego, it seemed like the humidity was not high at all. It seemed really comfortable. But Japanese summers are extremely humid and hot. So just prepare for that uh, when you come. What are you doing for a month? Yeah. Um, yeah, SoCal is beautiful. I love Southern California. If um, if I were to move back to the States, uh, Southern California would be one of the places I would uh, move to just because it's so, so beautiful and I love that area. But one thing keeping me back is the cost. It's, it's extremely, it's extremely 
expensive to live in Southern California, isn't it? Uh, I, I would imagine so. I mean, nice weather all, all year round, beautiful views, you know, it seems like a uh, paradise, but we still need to plan where to go and what to do. Oh man, if you have one month in Japan, if you have one full month in Japan, that's going to be, that's going to be enough time for you to do a lot. You got to, of course, hit all the touristy spots um, just to get those out of the way and say you did it, but... What I, if you're here for one month, what I really recommend is you travel to the less traveled places and like the small towns because those are really cool. Um, one of the places that you might go to is called Nikko, which is a really historical place. I actually live close to Nikko and that's a definite must. You have to go there if you visit Japan. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really great. Great area. I love Nikko a lot. But yeah, you gotta hit all the normal touristy spots as well, you know, do the, the general touristy stuff. Have you been to Japan before? First time? So, yeah, J Japan, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Japan has four seasons. Four! One, two, three, four. Japan has four seasons. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, that's one thing you'll hear a lot here. Oh, we have four seasons here. So, let's see, this is our route starting in Hokkaido. Traveling south, then Kyoto and Nara, then Osaka, then Tokyo. Okay, so you're just really doing Hokkaido and Honshu, which is good, which is cool. Um, I've never been to Hokkaido yet. I, I really want to go to Hokkaido. You're going at a great time for Hokkaido. Hokkaido in July has really nice weather, and there's just like fields of lavender flowers everywhere. It's it's really beautiful from what I've seen in pictures. First time. Also, first time going somewhere without parents. Okay. Nice. Have you been? Uh, have you been to a different country before outside of America? Obviously, with your parents, since Japan will be the first time without your parents. card you in Japan for drinks um, actually no no they don't I've never been carded but if you buy uh, drinks at a convenience store uh, you you will have to hit like a little button on the screen that says you're over 20 um, I don't know 
what you look like. If you look young, they'll probably be a little bit skeptical. But if you're, I'd say if you're like 18 or something, like they're not gonna care, especially if you're a foreigner. Like they, they're not gonna know um, if you're 20 or not. I've never been carded the entire time I've been here. The only time I've been, my ID has been checked at a drinking establishment is when I go to a club, you know, so uh, going into bars or going into convenience stores and buying alcohol, never been carded. I mean, when I first moved to Japan, I was 23 and I wasn't carded then, and I'm 31 now and I'm still not carded, so um, no, as long as, I think um, it's maybe a little bit easier for us because they don't, it, it's hard to tell uh, our age. So you could look really young or look really, or look older than you actually are. And so they're just, they, they won't really say anything. Now, if you obviously are like a teenager, you look like a teenager, like you're in high school, then yeah, they'll, they'll be a little bit skeptical. But um, for the most part, um, they won't card you. Yeah, if you're, if you're 19, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it. Now, if you try and go into a club or something, then yeah, you might have an issue because they they will want to see your ID, which will be your passport, and they I don't know they they they'll let you into a club at 18, but I don't think they'll let you drink because I know I've seen under 20 people. I've I've seen people under 20 at clubs. But the drinking age in Japan is 20. I know for a fact. Like I said, they're not going to card you, though. Hawaii and Mexico. I've been to Tijuana. That was not really that fun. Driving in Tijuana was, was horrible. It was probably one of the worst places I've ever driven. And I've seen a lot of bad drivers in Texas and here in Japan, but Tijuana had to be the worst that I've driven in. How has teaching been? Uh, it's good. I'm actually, from uh, this year, I'm going to be uh, moving in a more operational position at my company. I'll still be teaching a little bit, but I'm going to basically be managing and operating the school now uh, from starting from April so it's I'm kind of transitioning in that way uh, I still like teaching it's fun but um, I'm really excited I'm actually really excited to be taking on different aspects of the business you know um, at you know, a lot of people who come to Japan to teach English, they come here when they're really young. And if, if it's a job right out of university, you know, you're you're going to, it's going to be good. It's a good job for you. I mean, it's, it's easy. It's fun. You get money to go out and, and party. Um, teaching English is a great beginner job. But if you, if you stay here, longer you know into your late 20s and early 30s you really need to consider doing something other than just teaching whether it be improving your Japanese and 
going into translating or something or working at universities, you know, not just uh, teaching uh, conversational English past that certain point uh, or, or even starting up your own business, your own school uh, at that point because what I like in regular English teaching in Japan as is like a entry-level job and you get entry-level pay. So you're, I would, I would say it takes a little bit more skill than working at a McDonald's or something, but um, you really need to continuously improve on your teaching and, and learn other things uh, other than just the teaching aspect because you don't want to be someone in their 40s and 50s still just doing regular uh, Eikaiwa or um, conversational English teaching because there's not a lot of improvement there um, in the big companies like you're kind of restricted back in a lot of places so you really need to improve upon yourself and, and things that you can actually contribute to to the world instead of just being a human tape recorder and uh, the way that I've kind of grown in my teaching style is I don't just regurgitate grammar points and get the the student to repeat back I actually try and coach them to to speak in a conversational way so it's not just like this is a pen this is an apple you know none of that none of that bullshit like I try and get them to actually have a conversation and so it's more of a, a English coaching and not English uh, teaching so uh, I think that sets uh, the uh, my style that that's uh, set apart there focusing on getting the students to talk more than than me in the class and it took me a lot of years to develop that you know um, I remember when I first started uh, teaching, when I first started teaching, I was like really, really afraid of even getting in front of a group of people and talking. Like I was shaking, I was nervous, my lip was quivering. Oh God, I, I hated it so much. But now I can get in front of a crowd of 300 people and just kind of be goofy and you know, like it, it just comes with time. This comes with time, you know, but Long story short, teaching's fun, but yeah, I'm really excited about the direction I'm headed in in my career. So, are you considering being a um, um, an English teacher in Japan if you like it? Uh, how did you learn Japanese? Because I can't read and only understand a few words. I just, I self-taught, man. I just I, I came here I didn't know any Japanese other than like the initial um, greetings and stuff so I I took a couple volunteer classes like there were these uh, volunteer classes at the International Center here in Utsunomiya and they were okay but I could clearly see that it really wasn't going anywhere special so uh, I got like a little hiragana book from the guy and I, during my lunch breaks, when I worked at Eon, I just taught myself hiragana. I would write the first five hiragana one day. The next day, I would write them again, and then write the next five. 
and I kept doing that until I got all of the hiragana down took me a week then I did the katakana in like a couple of days and then but um, then I just started hitting the kanji I got a book called uh, Heisig's Remembering the Kanji and I kind of loosely based my study of kanji on that like I took the concept and I made it my own and so I learned kanji uh, after that and then once I knew hiragana katakana and kanji all the while I was like listening to Japanese all the time then once I learned those I started buying like really easy um, comic books written in Japanese that have the furigana which are small hiragana characters next to kanji so I could learn real Japanese made for Japanese people to ingest and um, it was very colloquial type Japanese so basically I just kept self-studying since I since I came here I'm gonna buy, I want to my dad is against me leaving the house well dude you're 19 I mean you you need to get out of the house I mean that's just my opinion you know you're an adult now so I mean I'm sure your dad means well but you're your own man now you know he shouldn't have that much con control over you I mean who am I to say I, I, I left I went to university when I until I was 20 I moved out when I was 20 but uh, I was still at university but I, I still lived in the same town I just um, I rented an apartment with a friend because I needed to get out you know like if you're young but you're an adult you, you can't stay at home you know you can't rely on mommy and daddy the best thing you can do if you're an adult is go out on your own uh, find a friend get some roommates and get a, a cheap place because that will be the best time of your life you can go in and out when you want um, it, it starts giving you a little bit of responsibility you know like you take care of your own bills you take care of your own you set up your own utilities your own you have to learn to clean by yourself like anything you can do to be self-sustaining that's a good thing so I'm not I'm not shitting on people who stay at home for years and years that's cheap that's a good way to save money but if you want to learn self-reliance and self-responsibility get out of the house as soon as you can I mean um, my mom was even after I'd moved out of the house like she was okay with that because I was still in the same town but when I moved to Japan she really hated it but I was 23 at the time you know so you know you're your own adult you're an adult you're your own person you got to do what you have to do so um, you know it's like yeah love you mom and dad but you know this is this is my life you got to do what you got to do angry he'll get angry if you leave so but see that's not on that's not on you that's not your responsibility for that like he has, if he has health issues and whatnot, that's that's not your fault for wanting to move out. Now, if he's if he's like the only person that, if he's your only parent, you know, like I said, I don't know your situation. If he's your only parent, and he's and he has the, you know the health issues, you know, um, then maybe yeah, like you can you need to take care of him or something. That's that's understandable. But 
if your mom's there too, you know, and if he just just say, you know, you're your own man or woman. I, 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 I don't I don't know if you're man or woman, but I, I would just assuming regardless you're your own adult you can you can do what you want but yeah that's the advice I got for that but yeah I think um, yeah self-reliance self-responsibility is the number one thing that young people should learn that I'm glad that I was able to learn it at a young age because um, because I, I, I basically even though I'm not I don't consider myself fluent with the attitude that I had of being self-reliant you know that that pushed me to learn as much Japanese as possible to the point where I can conduct business in Japanese, I can talk on the phone in Japanese, I can talk to um, banks, um, you know, companies to set up utilities. Uh, I was able to find my own apartment by myself uh, here in Japan using all Japanese. So um, that sense of like being self-reliant and self-responsible gives you freedom and it also gives you the drive to to learn things because you know the world is the world is sink or swim you're not always gonna have you know your parents wings to keep you warm you got to learn to get out on your own and I think a problem with people and a, um, I sound like a really old old man saying this and I'm not but it's people in my generation too I think a lot of people in my generation as well as people younger than me they just they rely too much on their parents and you can't do that I mean it's a harsh truth you know and like I said there's nothing wrong with it because you can save money that way you can do it smart but um, I honestly think you know it's better to be a little bit uncomfortable out on your own and have to survive and learn how to make money than it is to just say okay I can come home and mommy and daddy will have a nice warm meal and a nice warm bed for me that's good and that's that's cool that people can have that but you know it just it delays learning the self-responsibility a lot I think that's just my opinion so I have no regrets moving out when I did ah, no regrets Oh, I see we have three viewers now. Hello to you, the two silent people who aren't commenting. Which is fine. Thanks for watching. I don't, you know, thank you. But, uh, yeah, anything else about Japan or just things in general? Subwoof has been the MVP of this stream so far. Yeah, no problem, Subwoof. I mean, um, you asked for it, and I just gave you my honest opinion. So, uh, but you you do what you got to do, you know. If you think it's best to stay home, then for for your dad's health, then that's what you got to do. You know what I mean? But um, you know, life's an adventure. 
I love I love doing what I'm doing. I love being traveling. It's just it's fun. So because yeah, we only get one we only get one life to live. Isn't that some sort of soap opera? One life to live, maybe. But we only get one life to live, and you got to make the best of the time that you're here, because it could be gone just like that, and you know. You don't know what's on the other side, so just you live your life. You do what you want to do and say, you know, basically fuck it. Just don't care what people think and just do what you want to do. Be f Have fun. As long as you don't hurt any other people, then who cares what you do? It's just my, my feelings on it. But man, Subwoof, you live in Southern California. I don't know if I would want to come to Japan if I lived in Southern California. Like... I, I kind of dream of moving to Southern California myself, and I'm in Japan, so, because I hate cold winters, dude, like, that's the thing about being in Japan is the winters get really cold, I, I wouldn't say really cold, you know, anyone who's, like, Canadian or something watching is probably laughing, you, you don't know cold weather, <laughs> but um, it's cold enough where you need to bundle up pretty well especially if you're in Hokkaido but and the summers are, are really hot so oh snap subwoof thank you so much dude that is awesome thank you for that donation you are awesome man thank you um, if you any topic you want to you want me to talk about in a in a in a video or anything, please, please uh, uh, email me. My email is in the description, so just email me. And if you uh, you have anything, um, then I'll I'll make a video about that. I really appreciate that, dude. Awesome. But yeah, no man, like I I really think that uh, I'd like to live in uh, Southern California someday. The cost, though, that's what that really keeps me back. So if I can, if I can earn enough money, I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely move to uh, Southern California at some point. But see, I'd also like to live in Spain, or yeah, definitely Spain. Spain seems like a really cool place to live. Uh, I studied a bit of Spanish, and that's probably my next language I'll learn is Spanish again, just so I can go to Spain. Netherlands seems cool. Anywhere in Europe, really, like uh, not so much the UK, but anywhere in uh, in Europe is uh, is probably a cool place to live. But recently, Europe is—I uh, don't know—seems a little bit dangerous, you know. So, I have a question for you, Subwolf. How is it living in a Trump America? Isn't it expensive to live in Japan, though? That's a really big misconception a lot of people have, is uh, Japan is expensive. Living in Tokyo is expensive. Tokyo is expensive. But where I live, I mean, I earn enough money. I, I'm not going to say how much I, I earn, but I have enough money to live comfortably. I have a nice pretty nice place at least for me you know three bedroom apartment a garden 
close to downtown and I don't really pay that much for rent you know um, I have I have my own car cars cars are expensive in, in Japan or owning a car is expensive in Japan because the inspection and upkeep is really expensive here and the taxes but um, you don't need a car like if, if I just had a bicycle you know I could ride my bike and and travel by train and, and stuff but for work I do a lot of driving around so bicycle would probably not be good for that but no where I live in a medium-sized city man it's it's not expensive at all you just gotta if you're frugal with your money man you you don't you don't spend a lot like the people who lose money in Japan are the people who go out drinking every single night after work that that will set you back that will definitely set you back but you know for the first let, let's just say when I first moved to Japan I only came here with maybe fifteen hundred dollars two thousand dollars um, but I've been able to grow that to a significant amount so so you can easily easily save money in Japan to be honest I actually wanted Trump all right I'm not hating on that I um, I personally like between the two Clinton or Trump I would have gone with Trump I didn't vote just out of principle uh, I don't believe in voting that's just me uh, but and let me just say this I don't hate Trump I hate the people he surrounds himself with I don't agree with their philosophy on governing but Trump himself seems like a really pragmatic guy I mean he's a businessman so he'll do he'll do whatever he he thinks is um, whatever he thinks is is probably best but if he has these people like Bannon or Sessions or people like that whispering in his ear, I don't think that's good. That's that's not good um, because especially uh, Sessions. Good thing he might be on his way out because he's uh, under scandal. But uh, really, Sessions, Bannon, and a few few others like Rick Perry, nah. So. I didn't vote because California is a democratic state. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, that's like Texas. You know, you pretty much... That's just going to go to Republicans. But recently, I don't know. Um, Texas is getting more and more democratic just because of the large amount of um, Mexican immigrants and the, and the big cities are really democratic. Like uh, Dallas, I think, votes democratic. Austin definitely votes democratic. But... Other cities like San Antonio and Houston are fairly Republican, so um, I think uh, Texas is kind of split. There's like a big vast of Republicans all around the state, and then like little pockets of uh, Democrats, but to me, I just think the whole two-party system is bullshit at this point. Get rid of parties, you know? Um, I used to live, when, where I lived in Texas, I used to live in the district of Ron Paul, and uh, I really like Ron Paul. He's one of my favorite politicians. Too bad he's not running for president anymore. But if you don't know a lot of what Ron Paul talks about, just look up some of his speeches and debates on YouTube. And uh, I pretty much align a lot of myself with Ron Paul. If I had to um, 
if I had to do that. But I'm kind of becoming a little uh, disillusioned with uh, with politics in general, especially after this last election. So. I have a question, Subwoof, that about California. Tell me, what is the worst thing about living in Southern California? The worst thing. Because if I'm considering moving there, I'd like to know. Obviously, this won't be for the next, for in the foreseeable future. I'm talking about years and years ahead. talk about um, speaking of uh, wor the worst thing about living places um, I, I don't say a lot of negative stuff about Japan but I'll just say what um, what I think is <clears throat> not a good thing about uh, my least favorite thing about living in Japan there's a couple of minor things for me um, the way people drive here really pisses me off uh, people are almost God, uh, bad drivers. <laughs> okay, it looks like we have the bad drivers everywhere. No, um, I hate stereotypes. I really do. But Japan is not doing themselves any favors with the way they drive. I'll just say that uh, they're at least they're polite drivers here for the most part. Like you know, in America, people will cut you off and not give a fuck. Um, at least here in Japan, if people cut you off, they'll at least flash their flash some lights at you, saying thank you for letting me cut you off. So they still do it, but you know it's not very often. Um, yeah, drivers here are are shit for the most part, especially where I live. I, I think I live in the the worst prefecture, like a state or something. The worst prefecture for drivers in this whole country I think we're number one in like bad accidents and and deaths by uh, vehicle and everything so maybe that's why I, I'm just having a, a bad I live in a bad place for driving but uh, other than that um, well this one's not really like a, a a negative thing it's like a double-edged sword but if you if you really really like Japan and you want to be a part of this country and like, like yeah I want to be a citizen I want to be Japanese no no you won't be Japanese even if you become a citizen in this country you you'll you you'll never be Japanese because 
J Japanese being Japanese is not only an, a nationality it's like a, a ethnicity it's a culture it's all wrapped into one so even Japanese people born in let's say America growing up in America coming to Japan they're not Japanese either uh, they're they're American first so it's more of a cultural identity and once you get past that a lot of frustrating things about this country go out of the window because and then you realize you actually have a really neat status um, as a foreigner in Japan because you um, if you learn enough Japanese to communicate they know you're here for a long term but you're still considered not Japanese so there's certain cultural things that you can um, get by you can kind of skirt by and they'll be like eh, he's foreign who cares so that's that's real that works to your advantage uh, weebs yeah weebs yeah no actually I've been kind of lucky where I live I've not encountered that many weebs as they say um, there's not that many weeb, uh, weeaboos, weebs, or people just really, really obsessed with Japan. I've seen a few, but they seem to be decent people. They're not weird, you know? So, um, now going to Tokyo, that's a different story. I've seen some really weird um, otaku-type people there. But here, in Utsunomiya, no. No. Whitewashed. Whitewashed. I'm not sure what you mean by whitewashed but no I mean Japan's not a perfect place to live there's a lot of stuff that's wrong with this country but there's a lot of stuff wrong with every country you know like it's not a it's there's no perfect paradise on this planet you're kidding yourself if you think it, it is like all these people who come over here thinking Japan is like some um, cute anime and everyone talks like an anime character you're gonna you're in for a big surprise um, J Japan is just a country like every other place up positives to living in Japan it's safe here for the most part it's really safe uh, it's clean for the most part it's really clean the society is really well organized um, but on the flip side of that everything is just too organized so there's not a lot of wiggle room so everything has to be a certain way a, a lot of the time. So that can get frustrating. Um, but it's safe, it's organized, it's clean. You don't really have a lot to worry about walking down the street. Um, there's not really much of concern. You know, I see women walking by themselves all the time. You know, sure, bad things happen here, but they're very rare compared to other places. Downsides are Japan seems to be socially and culturally a little bit behind the rest of the world um, in terms of certain issues but they're coming along they're coming along um, I think Japan is just a big follower in the world like they see what other places are doing and they'll jump on that the boat but they're like one of the last ones to jump on for a civilized country um, are train tickets a lot depends on what kind of train you ride if you're riding the Shinkansen the bullet trains yeah they're quite expensive but if you get uh, actually you're coming in July uh, you you won't be eligible to get the this uh, 
forgot the name of it. It's like um, Juhachi something pass. It's like a 18 something 18 pass, but Seishun? Seishun Seishun pass. Like it's like a youth 18 pass. Basically what it is is you can you buy a certain ticket for I think $110 or something. Roughly around $110. And like you um, you you buy this and you can use it up to six times if you're an individual if it's two people you can use it up to three times if it's six people every person can use it once but basically you can travel anywhere in the country by like local trains um, with that one ticket until either it's it goes by usages so if you're just one person you can use it like for six days pretty much you can use it for six days you can go anywhere with it and it co covers all the cost if it's six people you can go anywhere within the day um, with that one day so uh, I think it's like Seishun Juhachikipo which is like youth 18 ticket but it, they only happen during certain times like around spring golden week summer like in all, uh, end of July to the beginning of September and then again in the winter time around Christmas and New Year's heard it was like 500 for 21 days or something I don't know about that man um, that might be some sort of package deal that you get I just I just know what Japan offers the Shinkansen's are a little bit more pricey but they're really cool. If you've never ridden in a Shinkansen, the bullet train, they're really fast, they're really smooth. It's almost like sitting in an airplane, like you get, um, you know, a lady coming by offering you to buy snacks, food, or even beer. You can you can order alcohol. Um, you can get from one end of Japan to the other in like four or five hours, which is really cool. But they can be expensive like you need a seating you need your actual train ticket and then you need like if you get a reserved seat you need a, a boarding ticket so um, you can have reserved or non-reserved uh, seating on that so those run those run quite a bit so if, if I go from where I'm at in Utsunomiya and I go to Tokyo by Shinkansen, it, it takes about 45 minutes, which is really quick, because it's about 100 kilometers away. So it takes 45 minutes to get there, but the cost would be, I believe it's like, maybe 2,500 yen, $25 roughly, for the ticket and the boarding thing, so it translates to uh, maybe almost $50, or a little bit more than that, for the trip you're not allowed to use your phone on the train yeah um, it's considered rude to talk on your phone on the train everyone uses their phone like texting and stuff they just turn the, the silence thing on uh, you're supposed to put it on manner mode which is you know silence vibrate um, if you get a phone call you're supposed to leave the train and take it I've seen people talk on the trains though Japanese people, not just foreign people, but I've seen, uh, and anyone, uh, businessmen, old ladies, young people, I've seen people of all ages talking on the train. 
Um, you know, another weird thing in Japan is you're not, it's considered bad manners to walk and eat. Like if you get something at a convenience store, like a some nice rice ball or a bread or bread or something, and you open it and you're eating it while you're walking, that's considered bad manners. But if you get alcohol, you're free to drink alcohol while walking down the public street. That's pretty cool. So it's just like different faux pas. But I've seen Japanese people break every single rule that's supposedly supposed to be here.、Um, It, people say that Japanese people don't jaywalk. I see people jaywalking all the time, especially old people. Old ladies on their bikes crossing, old men on their bikes crossing, people running across the street jaywalking. I'd say jaywalking is really common here. Really common. But. But yeah, I see people use their phone all the time. I've seen people like salarymen, like、uh, business guys, drunk on the trains. Like they'll be sitting there, like、uh, with their beer or something、uh, on the floor. It's,、uh, it's, it's really weird. And no one, no one even cares. No one pays any attention to them. They're just like, eh, you know.、And、I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, dangerous? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous. But you, you won't get mugged here. I mean, that's, that's one thing I've, I've noticed is I don't think people. There's not a lot of petty theft. The only thing that gets stolen a lot in this country are bicycles, if they're not chained up, and umbrellas. People will steal your umbrellas. I think there's like this unspoken thing where, like, you put an umbrella in the in the slot before you go into a, a store, and someone leaves and they'll just take any umbrella there. But that also kind of gives you the right to do the same thing. You leave an umbrella, you take an umbrella. So I think everyone does it. Everyone does it.、Uh, bicycles, that's the thing that would piss me off, though. Like, if I had a bike and someone took it, like, come on, man. But wallets, man, if you drop your wallet, With all your money in it, guaranteed. I, I mean, I'd, I'd say 98% positive that you will get your wallet back, nothing else disturbed. All your money is going to be there, all your cards, everything.、Um, my wallet was stolen in Korea when I went to South Korea a couple years ago.、Uh, I lost like $700, I lost all my credit cards.、Um, yeah, and. I, was, I still had like a few days left in Korea, so that was fun, not having any money in Korea for a while. Not, the only ID was my,、uh, was my passport, but South Korea, the cops were, were more than a joke, so I never, saw the, my, I never saw my wallet or that money or anything ever again. But in Japan, I, I think I've left my wallet or my cell phone even a couple times on a park bench or something. and... Went to the nearest police station, and sure enough, it was there, and no one had messed with it. The only the, the, the extent of someone messed with it is they found it, looked at the ID, closed it back up, and took it to the police station. That's it. You, you, you will most likely, if you lose your wallet, most likely get it back. If,、um, 
I don't know about passports, but I'm sh pretty sure. Because Japanese people are pretty good about that sort of thing. If they they find money on the ground, they'll probably turn it in and say, I found money on the ground. I don't know if they'll keep it. If I find money on the ground, I keep it. That's just me. But Now, if I found someone's wallet, yeah, I'd turn it in. I'm not going to steal that. But if I just see cash on the ground that somebody dropped, and I don't know who dropped it, hell yeah, I'm picking that up. But, but I definitely will n not uh, steal wallets because I know how that feels and it sucks. So, but yeah, dude, if you're coming to if you're coming to Japan in July, that's gonna be you're gonna have fun, man. Like you and your friend, just plan plan what to do it's gonna be a really cool experience especially if you've never been here before uh, and you're gonna spend a whole month here um, that's awesome like I think every young person needs to do a big trip like that every big person every big person every big person needs to take a trip <laughs> every young person needs to take a trip that's outside of their state outside of their country I mean just I really recommend traveling. It's it's one of the coolest things you'll ever do, and you you have memories for the rest of your life. I mean, I took that ten day road trip from Texas to California. It's the first time I'd ever been to California. First time I ever drove anywhere long distance just with my friends, and that was such a cool thing. We were, you know, camping out in the desert, and you know, like it was it was really fun. I really really enjoyed that, and I'll never forget that. So then, two years later, I'm off to Japan, and I'll never forget doing that either. So anytime you can travel, do it. Don't stay stuck. If you're in a, like a small town, don't stay stuck in that small town. There's more to the world than your podunk little small town, you know, where Cletus and Mary Jane have the annual ice cream social and, you know... Um, Brother Barrett's hoot nanny down at the local church. Get out of that shit. That you know, you don't want to be stuck there at all. See the world, experience the world, live it. So, and that's all I have to say about that. At least for now. <laughs>